Hey guys, welcome back. Another great podcast. I'm sick, if you can't tell. Um, Chris and I come together this time. Sort of like when one we did Hayden, where we talk about him. Um, we're talking about Chris with Chris. Great intro. Keep it up. Enjoy, guys. So, Chris. Yes. We're going to talk about you. Which is, you know, a bit different. Um... What, where you were born, where were you born, by the way? Because I don't actually know exactly where you were born. <laughs> well, so I was born in Mussy Hospital. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Not proud of that. So did you live in Musselbrook most of your childhood? Um, no, I, for about the first three years of my life, I lived in Musselbrook and then we moved out of town. So I was like living outside of Musselbrook, so 15 minutes from Musselbrook. Ah, uh, okay, so that makes sense. So did you, you went to school at, what, what, so you went to school in Musselbrook? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, because then it was like, because our first, I guess our first meeting was like, you know, around year six time, and you yeah. came in and came to Scone, and, because you moved, did you move to Scone at the time? Yeah, we moved uh, when we were halfway through year six, I think it was, yeah. Okay. So what was that? Was that a, was that your dad getting a new job? Uh no, he's had the same job. It's just we felt like Scone's a much nicer place to live because we wanted to move closer to more facilities, like closer mm. to the school and whatnot because living 15 minutes out of town just gets a bit bit annoying. So moved to Scone because it's a much nicer place to live than in Musselbrook. Do you have so, any yeah. so we're out of town, living out of town of Musselbrook? Do you have any good, do you have any, do you have fond memories of the place out there? Yeah, God, I love, I used to love that place. Like living on the property out there was amazing. Like, cause we grew up, you know, never really played games or like video games or anything. Never really watched TV except for like the Simpsons and stuff, which we mentioned in a previous episode of the podcast. Mm, did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we grew up on the farm. Uh, we didn't have that many animals. We had like two horses that we looked after, um, an ex-racehorse and another one. Um, they were beautiful. Uh, we fed them and all that sort of stuff. There were, like, cattle farms and sheep farms and that around us. So we grew up, like, around a lot of, like, industry, which was really nice. Um, and used to ride motorbikes in that of an afternoon and of a weekend. We'd always be outside playing in the paddocks, um, building tree houses, stuff like that. So we're always very active outdoor kids. So... You yes, you were a really ad- outdoor kid. Cause I was a bit, I was a bit different. Like I was a bit, you know, I had my PlayStation, my Xbox. So I was a bit of an introverted inside kids. You know, occasionally I'd go, you know, ride my bike around with the kids. Yeah. But yeah, so I think you and I had dr- dramatically different childhoods. Yeah. In that in that sense, for sure. Yeah. Do you have definitely. any good, Do you have any good memories with you know your good brother Matt and your good brother Brad? Well, growing up, Matt was an absolute prick like brad and i hated him it was like this brad and i against matt basically for our whole childhood just all memories of matt growing up are just me getting so annoyed at him i think there was only like a very rare few cases where we'd get along and it was because he could get something out of it so um i remember early early in recording um episodes of the podcast and there was a story about a bin Something about a bin and a trampoline, maybe something like that. Yeah. So, being growing up on a farm, 
out of town, you get a bit bored, you know, because you've been around the paddock a few times. You know exactly where everything is. You get a bit bored. So we started making our own methods of having fun, which included the trampoline sometimes because mum and dad got us this nice big trampoline. So we were finding new ways to use the trampoline. And well, I don't know who it was. It was one of us thought of the really smart idea of putting a wheelie bin onto the trampoline and then hopping inside of it and then bouncing the wheelie bin. So we're doing that for a little while. And then I think um, one of them wanted to get under the tramp. I think it was Brad wanted to get under the trampoline to try and push the wheelie bin up to get more height. Little did he know that the wheelie bin would come down and hit him while he was under the <laughs> trampoline. So I think Matt was inside the wheelie bin. I was on the trampoline holding the bin. Brad was underneath the trampoline and I bounced to get it going. And it came down and hit Brad in the head and uh, really badly hurt his head. That's happened a lot to Brad, hasn't it? Yeah. He always seems to get, be getting hurt. He, get, he has at least three scars on his head because of me. Jesus Christ. Well, there was another big one. There's another... Yeah. Tom, like on the really early episodes of the podcast... We talked about, I think it was one with like a PlayStation or something like that. Yeah. So we were at the our neighbor's place um, having a barbecue one night because we used to socialize a lot with our neighbors out of town. Mm. So we we're over there one night and we were playing with his eye toy because that was a big thing then. And he just got this uh, eye yes. toy. Um, the eye toy. So this was the oldest of the children of the, our neighbors. Yeah. Um, we were in his bedroom playing with the eye toy, all six of us. And he had it, he had his PlayStation and TV mounted up on the wall. And there were just a lot of loose cables hanging off the wall and running like through the doorway and stuff like that. It was pretty unsafe. But um, we were up there and we were swinging our arms around, running around, having fun. And um, all of a sudden, Brad like hits one of the cables and it pulls the PlayStation off the wall and it lands <laughs> corner first onto his head. And oh, it was one fuck. of the big PS2s and they have like the full on 90 degree sharp corners. And it went straight in the top of his head. And um, he sort of just fell to the ground and was sitting there and like was touching the top of his head. And there was like blood in his hand. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I went and grabbed mum. <laughs> mum comes in and she, she's like, are you okay, Brad? And he's like, yeah, I'm all good. I'm good. I'm good. And then she had to rush him into hospital because she's like, he's probably got a concussion. Poor Brad. So, yeah. there's um, I Brad has mentioned several times. I think on the early episodes of the podcast, once again, and in real life, that you were a bit of a prick to him when you were a kid. Yeah, so um, our auntie was very into, you know, filming and taking pictures of our childhoods, like really documenting the whole thing. So we have a lot of family videos, like home home videos, and mm. uh, sometimes we watch them, and pretty much in all of them, I was just being a really horrible big brother which is not in my nature at the at the moment. Like I'm nice to my brothers now. Like I don't even remember being so horrible. But it's it shocks me like watching these videos back and I just walk up to them like grab something out of their hands and be like, I want to play with it. And it's like, oh I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. Like it's really horrible. I am a nice guy, but I was just an asshole of a kid. You were an asshole as a kid. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But then I like when you so when you came to Scone Scone Public School, my my primary school, did you find it hard to make new friends back then do you think well i'm not sure i kind of just found where i where or i could belong with uh like the groups of people i belonged with um there was some oh sorry the pop more popular kids i'd try to become friends with but i i sort of found out that you know 
they weren't really going to be friends with me. So it's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just give up and go back to, you know, the people who are a lot like me, which was like mm. you guys and um, a few other groups of people. But I'm sort of, I've always tried to be friends with everyone. I never mm. really wanted to exclude people from my friendship circle, which I did a lot in high school. Like I'd always have different groups of friends and I'd go from group to group. Like at recess, I'd sit with one group. At lunch, I'd sit with another. I never really limited or tried to limit my friendship group which I felt like enriched my high schooling career. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because, like, you know, you don't want to... You don't want to not typecast, but, like, in a way you do. Because, you know, like, you become... You become what your group is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, if you spread yourself out, you know, you're just... Like, being friends with everyone, it, it, there's definitely a lot of benefits. Like, it opens up like, your friendship circle. But there's, like, it's quality over quantity at the same time. And I guess, like, we both, we both had our quality friends, for sure. But it's good to be able to get along with everyone. And I guess in the end, with high school being as it is, you know, that it is quite, it is what its stereotype is. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty horrible sometimes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But it's like, it's good, it's being, it's good being able to, like, just get along. Just get along with everyone, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not everyone can do that. Um. What were you like? Your first few years of high school. What What are your? What do you feel you were like? Do you know? Did you know what you wanted to be when you were older? Do you feel you like you felt you fit? Do you feel like you fit in in those first few years of high school? I can't really remember like the first few years of high school because they were sort of just you know go along with the flow. At that time, I was just like all about fitting in because I was still adjusting because I'd only just met all of these new people in year six, so I hadn't quite found where I wanted to be. And I knew I really wanted a career in sort of mining and whatnot, like industry. So I was focusing in the subjects like maths and stuff like that. So that it would help me with that. But that's all I was really concerned about at that stage, just like getting through those first few years and getting ready for like year nine and 10, where you could start picking electives. Yeah. And that's, that's when it starts. Like yeah. it's like, cause I was, I was a, the same, like a lot of people didn't really know. They didn't really figure things out early on. But yeah. Like I think, Myself and a few of us, a few of our, our close friends, we sort of knew what we wanted to do right from right from the beginning. And I guess it sort of bled into like, you know, like what do we enjoy doing most? Like, well, for you, not necessarily. Like, as you said, you want to get into mining and stuff like that. But for some of us, it was like what we did every day. Like, for example, Hayden, he wants to make video games. That's his big thing. And video games were 100% a big part of your life, as we've discussed on our previous Gamescast before. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, did you and Brad play games a lot together or was it sort of like something you did yourself online or even offline? Well, well, there wasn't really many multiplayer games we had as a kid. Like we had like Crash Bandicoot and stuff like that to play on the PlayStation, but a lot of those games are, well, sort of one player, but we'd Mm. like, we'd share. So it'd be like, okay. You get one life. If you die, then we pass it over and play like that. Like that's how we did play together. Brad and I sort of, yeah, we sort of really did play a lot of games like that together, but not really much else. I was never really into like board games or anything like that. So, because as we've discussed before, you're a big RuneScape fan, and you know you've put you've put hours and hours into into that game for a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I was really into it oh i reckon yeah probably well over a thousand hours maybe even two thousand like it was a lot i haven't played it in nearly a year now though i've oh it's been a while yeah i've stopped playing it pretty much i got a bit sick of it um 
when did you when were you when did you like did you really get into gaming like obviously you played your runescape a lot but was gaming a big part of your life in that later high school like that 10 11 12 years probably yeah in year 11 and 12 i did a lot of gaming i think a lot a lot of that was mostly on the xbox when i got an xbox that sort of really opened me up to sort of playing competitively and with other people before that it was mostly just like runescape and stuff like that which is sort of just you doing your own thing it doesn't really matter if you're any good or not just do whatever it doesn't matter what were you playing um, on xbox um a lot of like call of duty and stuff like that i got, I got into that like i know i don't really want to be called a cod kid i was never <laughs> that good or anything but it was just playing with friends and that's all i really cared about it wasn't really whether or not i was any good no that's what it's about like and like one of our good friends matt wormsley the two games he plays are fifa and cod and yeah. that's pretty much all he plays yeah. and he enjoys it and he's fucking good at both oh yeah he's amazing at those games yeah did you when what did you do for your year 11 subjects I, I vaguely remember, but not um, 100%. Okay, I did three-unit mathematics, three-unit English, um, ancient history, business studies, physics, um, chemistry. And Is that I it? I think that's it. What was your favorite and what was your least favorite? Favorite would have been English. I really loved English. That's why I went on to do four unit in year 12. Mm. Um, least favorite was probably business studies. I ended up dropping that after year 11. So what? So we've, dis- we've discussed this, you and I. Yeah. And I believe you said that it wasn't, was it, was it that you just found business studies not too easy, but like, was that well, maybe that was the word you used? What do you? Why did you drop business studies? Um, well, I was second in the class for business studies, but it wasn't that it was too easy. It was just that I didn't like the teacher's methods. It was basically just filling the blanks every single class, and that just wasn't appealing to me. I didn't enjoy that. Like it didn't make me enjoy the subject. And if I don't enjoy the subject, I don't see the point in doing it. So like, I don't care how good I am at it. If I don't enjoy it, I don't want to do it. So. Do you think that did you like the way English was taught when we were in school? Yeah, I didn't mind the way English was taught. Um, I really liked my extension to uh, one and two classes. That was really nice because it was just two or three students and a teacher. So that was really good. We got a lot of one-on-one time there, and that was sort of we got to learn together almost. Uh, with advanced though, that was kind of very formulaic. Like they have a set way to teach but mm. it was all right i didn't mind it i didn't mind the topics but it felt a bit you know cringy and what yeah. at times like we yeah, sort I felt, of, yeah. Mm. it's just a stereotypical oh yeah you gotta learn about belonging and just you know it's like i think they i really i'd really like them to mix it up a bit yeah but again that's i guess that's what university's for like the more sophisticated way of teaching things yeah exactly like that's why and i think like, I probably would have gone to university if it weren't for... Like, I think high school turned me off, like, traditional learning. Like, it really left a sour taste in my mouth. Like, the way... Like, how formulaic it was. And all that sort of stuff. Like, one thing I enjoyed about business studies, for example, which is my favorite class by, by far. It wasn't... Like, I didn't mind how it was taught. Like, obviously, I felt like we could do so much more with, yeah. with that. Like, it was just, like, go to the textbook. And then fill in the gaps. Yeah. But I really 
I don't know if you remember, but I really like how... Because our teacher at the time was Mr. Jenkins. Were you there yeah. when Mr. Garland was there? No, I don't think so. No. Well, I think both of them... I preferred Garland to Jenkins, personally, but both of them were really, like, conversational when we went through the stuff. Like, yeah. obviously, there's people in the class who didn't give a shit about business studies. Yeah. There was, many, there was oh, many, many, many of them. Yeah. But um, I really liked how we could really talk about it. And it wasn't something that... Like, with some of your maths and some of your English... It's really oh, how to explain it. It's it's not hard. It's it's harder. I find it harder. Like business studies is is hard, but it's much easier to understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's much easier to get to the point where you understand it and you can go into depth with some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you did you like the subject you chose? Like, do you think it really? Was there anything you would have changed? Was there any subject that we couldn't that you could that didn't run that you uh, wish ran? Um, well, I would have done like engineering or something like that, but I was like the one of two that chose to do that subject, and because we were at a smaller school, they didn't do it. Mm. But um, probably if I had to change something, I would have kept doing. I would have gone on to do four unit maths instead of four unit English. But that's just career wise. Like, I mean, I really enjoyed English, so I'm not regretting that I didn't. I'm not regretting that I chose to do four unit English because I really enjoyed it. But career-wise, it probably would have been better for me to do maths or a higher level of maths. But I oh, will. doesn't really matter anymore. No, it doesn't really, does it? Like, because no. you were... Are you happy with how school went education-wise and even, like, you know, lifestyle-wise? probably going to sound really strange, but I really don't like the schooling, like, in Australia. I don't agree. Well, I just don't agree with classroom teaching in general i just think it's not the best way for a person to learn i think some people learn well people learn in so many different ways like it's not just well like some people that do really well at school like that style of teaching is perfect for them but when they get out into the real world it's like well i've been completely unprepared for anything that i've got in front of me it's and so they sort of it's they basically flunk life after that point. So they're amazing at school and then crap at life. Whereas some people are amazing at life, but don't necessarily have great test results in school. And then once they leave school, they like go on to become CEOs and whatnot. So it's so hard to gauge what a person's going to be like after school, just from their like results at school. And in some ways, I don't believe intelligent people go to school. Like you could be an incredibly intelligent person and never set, foot in a classroom and i fully believe that some people are just born to be intelligent and have incredible life skills and some people are just born to be sat in front of a chalkboard and told what to think so you know yeah no and you know what i agree with that i really do like it's i was i hated how people who didn't do well in tests were frowned upon yeah and that's why in those the la i think it was the last year i sort of solidified it not letting others mostly teachers and stuff like that even the principal to an extent not letting them influence how i thought and not telling me how to think yeah and telling me what, not telling me what to do but telling me what my future is do you know what i mean and like how i should go about things yeah do you yeah know what exactly I mean? yeah and like i'm living proof that you can't if you try if like if you have things in like if you, see, you have things that you want to do and it doesn't follow that social norm, it can work. Like obviously the company's like you know, 
not going extremely great and like things are hard but oh, but you've but achieved what I mean, it you've done it exactly and, and you're that's out there doing part. it yeah that's the hardest part just starting and getting the motivation to keep it up no exactly and i think a lot of people like that's like and i've always i haven't like, not, not necessarily dreams but i've always thought about do you remember how i believe it was like it's like year 10 how oh yeah year 10 how former students come back to the school and talk to different students yeah yeah like I've always thought of myself, like even maybe not at this current level, but even like in six months from now, and it's like a little bit of success there. Going back to the school and and talking to those kids and saying like, you don't have to go to university to be successful, and you don't have to, you don't have to like follow everything that they do, like that they say and do. And you, like I think a lot of it is just you have to experience things, and the things that I didn't experience that I wish, like I really did, like I wish I did, I wish I didn't drop music. And I wish I dropped like senior science and I wish I went on with doing music and more creative stuff like that. And I wish I did like, I wish I did like um, extension English and went on with that sort of storytelling sort of stuff. And I wish, you know, there's a lot of things I wish I did. I wish I did entertainment. A hundred percent wish I did entertainment. Yeah. That would have been great. Like if my year, if my year 12 was, okay, if I had 10 units and each subject is two units, if I did maths, general maths, advanced English, and I did, what else, what else was there? Business. And yeah. then there's art. Yeah. So that's that's eight units. Yeah. And I do entertainment for two units. And I do extension. Yeah. One. And even if I did extension two as well, and I didn't have to do, you know, something else. Yeah. Like that would have been great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I feel like those, that, that, that would have been very, very fulfilling. Like doing maths, English, art, which is, was very creative for me because that's how I first learned how to do film. Yeah. In class, and that was all by myself. I was the only uh, funny. I was the only boy in my class, huh. and I was the only person who filmed my class. Everybody else did these like elaborate paintings, and yeah. like half of them didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But and I did I did pretty damn well on my art assessment, and of course my my ATAR was like down for that because it wasn't like extremely high. But, like I did quite well. I think I was second in the class because of like yeah. my theory stuff as well. Yeah. But yeah, there's like. I feel like kids need to know that it, you don't have to follow what everyone else wants to do and you, you know, have fun with it a bit. People get pressured yeah. at school. I hate, and I don't like that. It makes me really sad because I was, I was like that with some things. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of it, I wasn't. Were you stressed? Were you stressed in your final year? Oh God, yeah. I was one of the most stressful people ever. I always stress. I still stress today just about simple little things. Like I'm a real stress head. But like I'd make myself sick worrying about exams at school, and I I don't know why I worried so much because in my head it's like, well, what happens happens, you know. It doesn't matter if you get the worst result in the world. At least you tried. At least you've done your best. But I just always stressed, and like sometimes yeah, I'd just get migraines. Like actually before the uh, maths HSC exam, I had a splitting headache, and I'm like, well, I can't not sit this test because they force you to sit it so i i went in there i sat the test and about halfway through my head was throbbing so hard i couldn't open my eyes and i just had to put my arm up and say i can't go on i have to go and they're like yep okay that's fine leave your paper here and leave and because of that i got a really horrible mark in my maths exam and it's well i don't really think it was fair (laughs) but hey it happened is it i didn't know that Mm. I, you've you've never told that story because I thought it was just you no know, you just didn't do well but I didn't think it was that 
See, that's what it does. It stresses people out. Yeah. It's the whole, like, I don't like to go all preachy on it, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that the whole system just isn't, it isn't for everyone. Yeah. Like, why do you think, okay, you know the Ducks of our year, Mr. Reddy? Yeah. Why do you think he did very well? Do you think it was that he was able to, like, like listen and read and then repeat? And then it put was his, his mindset. I'm pretty sure that's what got him through it. Because looking back at school, you've got your uh, curriculum, right? Mm. And you'd look at it, and it's basically exactly what they mark you from. Most of us, I'm pretty sure, barely even looked at the curriculum. Sam's the kind of kid who would sit there, look at the curriculum, dissect it, learn each part of it, and then apply that in the exam. So he knew what he had to do to get marks, and that's what he would do. Whereas most of us would interpret in our own ways and do things like that whereas sam very much did what he needed to do so it got him the marks and it's like well there's nothing wrong with that looks great during school but i don't know i don't really know sam well enough to judge him and i'm not the one who i'm not the kind of person who likes to stereotype but i feel like people like sam once they go into the real world they don't have the skills to achieve well I don't really know, like a, 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 an enriched life, I guess that's what it is. Like they're always going to be striving for that next thing, going from job to job, higher wage, higher wage, higher wage, and then when they get to the top, it's like, well, what now? It's like they've sort of, it's always been about the learning and the money and that sort of stuff. They don't really, they don't really enjoy the journey, which is what a lot of us did during high school. Like we'd socialize and we'd hang out and that sort of stuff, which I think is a hell of a lot more important than studying. Oh God. Yeah. It's the biggest part. I feel like I didn't even, I didn't do enough of that. Like I feel, and that's why I really enjoy this, this time after school as well, before I've sort of like moved away and all that sort of stuff. And I've been able to figure out what I want to do without all that influence. I've been able to try things. Yeah. Experience things. And especially with things with my friends. And that's one that's one of the biggest things. Like I think that's where your biggest inspirations come from and your biggest ideas come from. And the most fun comes from. Like a hundred percent. Being with those people who with those good friends. Yeah. I think that's where the most fun comes from. Definitely. And I think yeah. we've had and we've had a lot of those times. Like it's good like I really like, you know, all of our, you know, a few of the Omwe guys and a few of our other close friends come going out for breakfast and dinner and just Hanging out, because I don't... After school, it sort of goes away, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, it's so easy for people to drift apart after school. Like, Did I know you, during yeah. school, sort of... I had the friends I would hang out with after school, but once school ended, I basically stopped seeing the majority of my friends for, I think it was a period of about six months. I was sort of just on my own, doing my own thing. And then it sort of hit me, and I'm like, well, I really want to hang out with some people. So then we we all sort of almost at the same time started sort of communicating again. Uh, you and I and the rest of the punty posse and all that sort of stuff. That all began. And since then, I reckon, yeah, I've we've hung out so much and it's been amazing. Like I, it's having f- close friends after school is absolutely essential. And I think it I think we can like. I don't mean to get all soppy, but I think we're all going to be friends for life. Like, I feel like we, we're all on that. We're on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah. We yeah. all understand each other and we all just get it. Yeah. Like, even if our career is taken as different paths or whatever, I feel like we're all going to be good, close friends. 
Yeah. And I, and I like that. And it's, it's a good, it's good feeling having that. Cause not everyone, not everybody can have that. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we'll all be able to have a few skewies at the golfy, you know? Exactly. We're going to, you know, for tw- I bet, like what, one thing I was actually thinking of that reminds me of something. What do you think feel, what do you think you'd feel when you go to our, say our 20 year high school reunion? This is a very odd question, but I've I've thought about it a few times. (laughs) I've thought about this a few times growing up. Like, you know, growing up, you think, oh, okay, high school reunion, you know, you got to show that you've got an amazing job and you've been super successful. You got to rock up in a big sports car wearing an awesome tailored suit or something. But now that I think about it after growing up, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'd like to go, go and see how everyone's like what everyone's achieved in their lives. But I don't really want to flaunt what i've achieved it's kind of like i i really want to be modest with my own personal like adventure throughout life after school but um yeah yeah returning to school you'd sort of all the people that sort of you sort of didn't get along with during school they they would have changed so much so you might make friends with someone that you absolutely hated during school or they did not get along with you at all so it's like I really I'm looking forward to that, like opening, yeah, opening doors with these people that I never really got along with because I think that some of them would make ama- amazing friends. Do you have Do you have anybody on the top of your head? Don't have to name names. Not really, just anyone that did I'd never really communicated with or didn't get along with. Just any of them. I think anyone's worth having as a friend if you get get yeah. to know them enough. Because I think our year was. It's funny, our year was quite intellectual, weren't they? Like, we had a lot of smart kids, even the ones that weren't in that, say, okay, if we go by the English, that weren't in that advanced English class. Even a lot of them who were in that next class, that's about, like, 80, 90% of the year, were quite smart, decent people. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's, a, few, there's a few, like, you know, drop kicks and dead beats and all that sort of thing. Yeah. That's, that's, a, lot that's of, a, a lot of those students sort of left after year 10, though. And that's true. I think there was even some of them that stayed, yeah. like, have done quite well from like you know they're they're doing their own thing, but they're, like they're quite nice people. Like, yeah, like I I see people we went to school with that were in like, like the the lower classes, not necessarily the higher classes, and they're doing all right. Like they're doing absolutely fine. So it's I I don't think schooling really impacted them in any way. It's sort of they knew what they wanted to do and they've done it. So good to them. No, it's good. Um. Mm. Are you happy with how things have gone after school? Oh, uh, well, I guess, yeah. Like, I really wanted to get into the mining industry straight away once I left school. Mm. Or go to uni to do engineering or something like that. Um, obviously, I didn't go to uni. Otherwise, I'd still be there. Um, I, I got accepted into, I think it was Newcastle University as under an arts degree or something like that. Mm. But, um... At the time, I'd recently gotten into a relationship with my current partner and the thought of leaving them to go and do that was just too much. And it's it's kind of like, I knew what I wanted and it was to be with them. And that meant more to me than going and do this degree, which might lead into engineering. So I decided not to do that and to instead find a job and work until I could either afford to go to university or until I found a job in the mining industry, which... Fingers crossed, might be happening very soon. So yeah, that's awesome. And like, I think that there's different paths for everyone. 
Like, I feel like people feel like they need to go to university yeah. to, to achieve. Yeah. I don't like that. Like, you know, do you remember, and this is, do you remember Jimmy Von Stanky? Yes. So he came through, good, good kid, weird kid, odd kid. And I'd talked to him a few times. He wanted to be a park ranger back at school, yeah. which is a very odd career, very but you know. noble profession. <laughs> well, it is. I'd love and to be a park ranger if it paid more. It'd be a very interesting job, you know, being out in the nature and yeah. ranging your park. Yeah. Um, he came through drive through at McDonald's the other day and I asked him like, how you going, mate? And he said, yeah, good. And I said, what have you been up to? And he said he's in his third year of an engineering apprenticeship. Oh. And I thought, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, and he's like, nice car. Still yeah. has that horrible facial hair, but um, he's doing well for himself. Oh, for good. himself. And he was never really, I think he was necessarily a very bright kid. But, you know, he's... He knows what he wants. Yeah. And he Ooh. took it and he, he, he worked hard. And I don't, I think people, I think working hard is to an extent more important than being smart. Do you know what I mean? And getting good oh, grades yeah, and all definitely. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Your work ethics, what matters once you leave school, who gives a shit of what your HSC result is for, for most professions, except for like the really high up professions where that sort of thing matters for most professions. They don't really care what you achieve during school. As long as you've got a good work ethic, they'll take you. Exactly, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you want to get into the mines, engineering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you have any dream? Like, if do you have any dream sort of jobs? Like, if the opportunity arose that you would take. Oh, dream job would probably be something like electrochemical engineer or something Ooh. like that. That sort An of thing. Electrochemical always... engineer. Where did that Where did that come from? Ah. Well, I had a passion for chemistry. I'm very interested in sort of chemistry. So we, I did that during year 11, but wasn't really fond of the way the teacher in our chemistry class taught us because she mm. didn't do it in a very good way at all. So I sort of dropped that because once again, if I don't enjoy the subject, I'm not going to do it. But I still had a passion for chemistry and I've always wanted to touch on that. And sort of my current job is quite good, like tribology. We do a lot of chemistry-esque things. Which is great because it's sort of it's kept that passion alive, and I've always wanted to be an engineer because it couples my passion for creativity and like problem solving and that sort of stuff. So mix the two together and you get an electrochemical engineer. Well, well the electro part actually comes from my passion for working with electronics. I've always wanted to work around sort of that sort of thing, like computers, electronics, because I've always loved fixing electronics. So yeah, mash them all together and you get electrochemical engineer. That's sort of my dream job. If I ever get there, who knows? Do you think you will? Is that what, is that what the goal is? Is that what you're aiming for? Uh, I'm not really aiming for it. I mean, if I got the chance to one day, yeah, I'd take it. If it meant doing a few years of uni and I had the opportunity to do that, yeah, I'd do it. I mean, but I'm not necessarily focusing on doing that at the moment that's sort of on the back burner if i ever get the chance i'd love to but i'm not fussed is there anything else even like doesn't have to be career-wise it could be career-wise but like life-wise that you want to experience ah um yes traveling i really want to get as much traveling done in my lifetime as possible like i i want to be that kind of person where once i'm in my 40s and 50s you went to a room, they're there in the corner, they've got a group of people around them and they're sharing their life experiences. They're not just the one at the bar sitting there, heck, you could be a millionaire for all I care and I wouldn't want to talk to you. I'd want to talk to the person that 
has all this life experience, has been to places, seen things, they're the much more, they're the richer person. They've had a much more fulfilling life. And I want to be that kind of person. I want to be someone who's experienced everything, gone everywhere, seen what there is to see in the world. And I definitely want to do that in my life. So like I've already been to New Zealand and China in the past couple of years. And I really want to go to Prague is like a big one that I really want to see. So Russia and stuff like that. Why Prague? Ah, just to go see the really old cities, the Russian cities. They're beautiful. Some of the buildings over there are incredible. And just like you see in movies and stuff where they film in Prague, it's just such a beautiful looking city. And I really want to go and experience that before, you know, the world turns to chaos and you can't travel anymore. Um, yeah, like traveling's a big thing I don't want to do. Like, you know, there's a few of the, like, you know, the stereotypical, I want to go to the United States and I want to go to England. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to go to a lot of the European countries. Like I've, I'm personally, I really want to go to Italy. Yeah. Like there's something about Italy that I, you know, that just like really draws me in. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, I think I'm really into culture and specifically even food culture. Yes. Like even going to like down to Melbourne and experiencing like the different sort of foods they have down there. It's different to us. And like, it's like, it's not much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just experiencing oh, yeah. different yeah. things from just where we're from, yeah. where it's like Subway, McDonald's. Fucking dominoes, yeah. and that's fucking it. Yeah, and shitty little cafes. Oh yeah, and definitely. like not sh- not shitty little cafes. Like you worked in one of the cafes, as we've discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're like they, you know they're very cliche, very hometown style cafes. They're nothing like the Melbourne cafes, which are very upper class, have all the different types of coffees. I mean, each coffee shop have their own brand, all that sort of thing. Whereas you're very limited with your options in rural mm-hmm. communities. Do you, would you start a small business like that? Like, would you start like in a, in a scone like this? Would you start a little cafe? No. Do you even think it'd be worth No, I wouldn't no. either. <laughs> I've never been interested in starting a restaurant or a cafe or anything like that. I mean, like well, my partners asked me, would you ever start like a fish and chip shop with me? And I'm like, hell no. Really not interested <laughs> in running a small business like that. Like small business is fair enough. Like if I ever got the chance to do one and I could find a profitable way of doing it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Because being your own boss is amazing. But mm, definitely not hospitality. Just dealing with people like that? Uh, no, thank you. I've had my experience with that and I'm not going back to it. No. like And like I'm, I'm at the tail end of my sort of thing like that. Like I really want to get back into sort of like, you know, like obviously I'm working on my business, et cetera, et cetera. But like traditional retail yeah. is something I'd like to get. Like, you know, your Debbie Hi-Fi, even your Apple, more tech-based oh, stuff, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of becoming your own, your own boss, is that something like... Is that is there more of a, of a want for sort of, sort of going into engineering and stuff like that, or is there more of a want to do what you want to do and become your own boss? Like we've discussed both, and but like from what I know, engineering is that top thing, or is it, or am I wrong? Like which one's the bigger pull? Well, being en- your own boss or engineers? Engineers normally get employed by other people, so you mm, can course. be your own boss as an engineer, but mm. it's basically you're contracted to do something, so you're working for someone, but you're working for yourself kind of mm. thing so yeah i mean if i ever got the chance to do that i would most definitely because then you're in control of your hours and that sort of thing as long as you get the job done which i'm very meticulous about i love getting the job done and getting it done right but sometimes you know working set hours can be difficult because you've got you know outside like your life impacts on that like if you've got things to do 
like working five days a week at the moment is horrible because a lot of the things I need to do during the week I can't do because I'm working and then you go to do them on the weekend but everything's shut so you know having that flexibility would be incredible which yeah would be awesome being your own boss you get to choose what days you work I, I wouldn't mind working weekends if I had to if it meant I could have one or two days off during the week to get things done it's fine yeah, exactly. Like, that's how I would like to be. Like, for me, like, I want to work. Like, you know, with my business, you know, I want to work at it hard. Like, even if it's like, you know, like, I wouldn't even mind doing like a, like four 10 hour days and then just picking up work here and there on a the weekend. Yeah. Or over those three days sort of thing. Yeah. Like one, and it's like one thing I've thought about, like when building my business, it's like, I don't want to go with the normal nine to five. I want to be yeah. able to give, like, you know, if I get to employees, of course. Giving them flexibility, I think that's a big part of everybody's life these days. Like, that's the big modern thing. Flexibility yeah. in how you work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. For sure. Would you, Chris, would you work for me? Yeah, I'd love to work for you. Because that's the thing, I think, you know, we've discussed it before. And, like, obviously, that's a, if I, if I can give you the job, I'll give it to you. Like that. <laughs> Like, cause you and you and Hayden, sort of Brad. Like, I feel like you'd be good driving forces for that early, that early sort of like the early company. Like, because I think um, company culture is a big thing, and you like we're all on the same wavelength. I think we would create like not even just create good stuff, but like create a good company to work for. Because yeah. not a lot of businesses have that. Like a few that I've worked in, it's just like you don't want to go to work. Like, are, yeah. were you, are you, cause you're, you're experiencing a bit of that. You have experienced a bit of that. Well, my current job, I love the job. There's nothing wrong with the job. It's just sometimes being the only guy where I work can be a bit, a bit annoying because, you know, all the girls, they can talk about whatever they want to talk about, all their girly stuff. And I'm sort of there like, yeah, whatever. Don't really, I don't really like they're, they're all very big football fans and I don't, could not care less about football. So it's like I really can't contribute to any of their conversations. So that sort of leads to a little bit of alienation. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, day after day, it's sort of a bit like that. And it's slowly getting worse over time. The longer I'm in this job, sort of you get a little bit more alienated. And Have you tried to like talk to them about, for example, like, oh, did you see the latest episode of Game of Thrones? Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not like we are friends like i can talk to them about some things but most of the time they're more interested to talk to each other than to talk to me yeah. which is fine like i don't really care i'd much prefer to just be there and do my job which i enjoy the job there's nothing wrong with the job at all but sometimes i think that you know they don't quite have the same work ethic as me they'd mm. much prefer to stand there and chat or you know go and have extended lunch breaks or something rather than getting the work done which gets to me sometimes because then i'm there doing the work while they're off chatting or whatnot and it's, it sort of gets a bit annoying that sounds like a not a very nice workplace like it doesn't look like a very nice place to even yeah. go well, the management of our company at the moment's a bit horrible as well like our regional manager is an absolute fruit loop he just should not have the position he has but for some reason he's still got it so oh well. Well, here's to hoping that new job comes through yes. and you get out of that place. <laughs> yes. Um, how long have you been growing a beard, Chris? This was on my list of things to talk ah, about. Okay. Well, I was first able to grow a beard when I was 12. 
um i first started shaving very regularly when i was yeah 12 13 that sort of age um sort of when i could grow a full beard like the proper non-patchy beard was probably around year 10 so when i was 15 16 ish um i never let it grow out to like a full beard form until after school so for the past probably two years i've sort of let it grow i trim it weekly like i don't just let it grow if i let it grow completely right now i'd be santa claus like i trim it every week back to like the shortest setting i can with my uh, electric razor but yeah for about two years now i've been bearded but i think i think it was just after january this year i shaved it off completely just because i'm like hey what the hell i just what the hell i just want to try something fresh shaved it off one evening and uh my partner almost killed me for it, so I've grown it back, and it's just a part of me now. I like, I really can't imagine myself without it now. Sort of just yeah. is who I am now. See, I was one who shaved every single day, from when yeah. I was able to grow facial hair until I left till school. And I remember coming in and I had a little bit of facial hair, and people were like, "Oh, that's odd, it's weird to see." <laughs> but like, I think it suits me now, and yeah. I hate that I have to because at, at you know at McDonald's you have to have a clean shaven face, which. I sometimes abide to not off like I like having that bit of stubble and even like yeah. a bit of actual facial hair. I like it. Like, like I think it suits little, me. Little five o'clock shadow. Exactly. I think mm. it's nice. Well, I, I think uh, you're a good-looking young man when you got a little beard going. I think that's a bit gay, Chris. It's not gay. Well, I think your facial hair is very cute as well. <laughs> Queer. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> um, I have two. I have two main more topics to talk about, and yeah. one of them we've gone into a bit of. A bit of, you know, well, basically half a podcast about. And the other ones, you know, something we haven't really discussed before. First one is working out. Chris, ah. how's working out going for you? Um, good, actually. I, th- I've, I think it's been six months now, six and a half months since I started doing it properly. Before that, I'd done little bits here and there of, you know, trying to get ready to start doing permanent, like, physical training. But over the past six months, I've seen a lot of progress. Um, I've gained around five kilos of like pure muscle. How do you know how much is muscle? Uh, you can do like a, it's like your total body weight thing. Uh, it's not really sort of, you, there's like calculators online to figure it out, like the BMI and stuff like that. Mm. But um. I sort of, yeah, calculated that that's about how much I've put on of muscle. And I mean, because to begin with, I was what they call skinny fat, where mm. you you look skinny, but you have all of this loose fat on you. And that's because mm. you don't have the foundations that regular people, people that are engaged with physical activity have. Like you don't have the built up muscle regions. Whereas after six months, I've gotten to the stage where I've built a really good foundation and from here on, I can start training very hard and start making a lot of progress. Like you, you'll, you'll start seeing it a lot more. And I've already gotten to the stage where I have a very like sort of six pack shadow and that sort of thing. So I'm making a lot of progress. It's just, it's a very long winded thing. It's not something you can just, you know, go to the gym and the next day you'll have a six pack. It's it's very much, I'm seeing probably four or five years down the track being at the stage where I want to be. So it's a very, yeah, long process. Yeah, it's a process. It's a huge process. Yeah. God, yeah. Um, do you, 
if I wanted to regular, like, it's like I've, I'm doing my, you know, my classic DDP yoga. Um, yeah. It's not your mama's yoga, trademark. <laughs> um, you know, I've been, I need to get back into it. Like, I've been doing, like, bits and pieces, not as much as I want to, not at all. But let's say that was out of the picture. What would I have to do to, you know, gain a bit of muscle in my arms and, like, you know, look how... Okay, let me rephrase it. What do I need to do to look good without a shirt on, Chris? Well, without going overboard? Without going overboard, okay. Well, there's sort of like you got to do your research. You need to know exactly what you want to achieve. Then you need to research how to do it. With me, I had very basic sort of athletic history because I grew up on a farm. I did a lot of like lifting and stuff. So I had upper body strength um, and a fair bit of lower body um, strength. Like my legs, I barely train them because they're already quite strong. They're much stronger than any of my other muscle groups because I did a lot of hiking and stuff growing up. So they were already well developed. So my legs are absolutely fine. It was mostly my core and my arms that were lacking very substantially. So I'm training arms twice a week. So it's sort of balancing your routine to work towards what you want to achieve. It's very much sort of look look in the mirror, figure out what parts of your body you want to change, look up routines that focus on those body parts and just start doing it. Like the sooner you start, the sooner you'll get there. It's very much what I was telling myself when I started. It's like you're 20, you need to start this now because if you're 20 and you need to do four years worth of working out to achieve your like your uh, your fitness goals, then you'll be 24 by the time you make it. If you wait a year, then you'll be 25. If you wait another year, you'll be 26. So it's like you've got to start straight away. That way you achieve it much sooner and you can enjoy the results for a lot longer. What good advice. Yeah. I like that. And hopefully hopefully, people listening to this, all four of them, take the advice. <laughs> get Get into shape. But I think I need to do it. I feel like like I've actually been slightly putting it off because there's a specific Marty scene that I want to be shirtless and look like a fat pudge. <laughs> but after that, I'm going ham. I'm going yeah. ham on my workouts. Well, what really, what the turning point for me was basically looking myself in the mirror and thinking, in a few years' time, you know, you're going to be going through some of the biggest moments in your life. Like you're going to get married, you're going to turn 21, which I am currently. And it's sort of, that time in your life when, when you're older, you think back on as being the best time of your life. And I really want to make this the best time of my life. And I see the only way in doing that is to make myself as physically fit and active as possible. So I'm enjoying life at the fullest and all that sort of thing. And like when I get married, I want to be able to carry my partner down the aisle, something like that, something so basic. So I want to have the strength to do that and know that I can and be confident with it. And also fitness has changed my health like obviously um mm. since i've started eating properly and regularly exercising my health has improved so much like ridiculous amounts and it's fair enough for a doctor to say oh you know you're not active so you know go for a walk or whatnot you think sort of think oh what's a walk gonna do but honestly if you stick to it it really helps because for example i used to get migraines all the time i don't get them anymore I always thought that it was sort of because I had my that uh, head injury when I was a kid. I thought that, oh, you know, it's just probably my like some kind of brain damage or something. And I'm just destined to forever have migraines. But 
since I started eating properly and exercising, I don't get migraines anymore. And it's just one of those amazing side effects of fitness. You know, you just feel better. You more confident or, or, or everything that goes with it. It's just, I highly recommend getting into fitness for anyone. All of all four people that are out there listening to this, <laughs> get in there and just, just do it. Just do it. Bad meme, but yes. it's really true. It, it really, it really is, true. is. Yeah. Like I think like a lot of people, like, you know, like it's, a, if you have your health, do you know what I mean? There's not, if you don't have, no, it's the other way around. If you don't have your health, you've got nothing. You can't do anything. Exactly, yeah. Um, last topic, bikes. Chris, you ha- you have a motorbike, <laughs> and you've loved bikes yes. ever since you were a kid. Yeah, growing up, you know, I still remember. Oh, actually, was it me? I have this childhood memory. I think it was Brad, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, our granddad was teaching us how to ride bikes for the first time, and um, he put Brad onto a bike without training wheels, or it might have had training wheels. Either way. And just let him go down this hill, down a gravel road. And he th- he'd thought that Brad had uh, learned how to ride a bike beforehand. Little did he know that was the first time he'd ever been on a bike. So he just pushed him down this hill and let him go. Made it about 20 or 30 meters down the road and then straight off the bike onto a gravel road and tore like all up his arms and chest oh. and everything. It was this horrible gravel rash and everything. <laughs> and God, funny. That's, yeah, early days Poor of learning Brad. to ride. Then, uh, Poor Brad. I still remember the moment I got my first motorbike. Um, mm. We were out camping on our property and uh, my nan and pop pulled up with their car. Mm. And they, there was something in the back of the car with a big sheet on it. And I was like, oh, okay, what's this? It was my birthday in a few weeks' time, so I wasn't really expecting any birthday presents then. But yeah, they, they pulled the sheet off and it was this little 50cc uh, grizzly something motorbike it was like a really sort of cheaper sort of 50 cc motorbike but hell it was first bike and yeah jumped straight on it and was riding it around having great fun is that your biggest hobby do you think bikes um my biggest i don't really have many hobbies at the moment i sort of have my drone my phantom 4 and i really Mm -hmm. love photography and i really want to get into photography more once I have a bit more money, I'll start buying like a really good camera, and uh, I want to do lots of uh, traveling photography mm. all around the world. Get a nice camera and take pictures of all the amazing things around the world. That's that's sort of what I want my hobby to be. Um, motorbikes, yeah, I guess are a hobby. Um, I have my road bike. Probably don't ride it anywhere near as much as I should because I want. I really want a larger engine one. I've only got a. Th- 300 cc one which isn't much at all it's like a no it's a baby basically it's great for around town and it's a nimble little thing but i want something a bit bigger so that i can enjoy longer rides with my dad he really wants me to start riding with him because i know he's really he's always been to his bikes oh yeah yeah he's huge into it yeah my dad was huge into motorbikes when he was well, my age at the moment he'd always ride his dirt bike down in victoria through the mountain ranges with his friends almost every weekend um there was a long time once we were born he sort of stopped doing motorbikes and then one day my youngest brother and i matt started getting into bikes and he's like why are you buying bikes just get out of that and we convinced him to buy one and he's just hooked again ever since he got that first bike he's yep it's his passion it really is and it's good that's really good to see yeah 
Um, before we go, I do have one last thing to ask you. Yeah. Um, just how would you describe yourself in a few, like in a few words, in like five words? Like, how would you describe Chris Hodge? Easy lay, good board, smart. This is the worst ending of the podcast I've ever fucking had. <laughs> this has been On We Talk, a We Are On We production hosted by me, Matthew Winter. You can find more episodes of our show on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play, as well as on our website, onwe.tv, which is E-N-N-U-I dot TV, and at youtube.com slash onwetv one